Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Money Girl Podcast, where my job and mission is to help you master your money so you can live rich and love the journey. My name is Laura Adams. I'm a personal finance expert and author based in Austin, Texas. I'm also a huge animal lover, and I know that many of you are too. Statistics from the ASPCA say that about 44% of all U.S. households have dogs, 35% have cats. If you already have a beloved pet, or maybe you're thinking about bringing home a new furry friend, this show is for you. I'll discuss what it really costs to own a pet and share my own expenses with you. I'll cover five tips to cut costs and make owning a pet more affordable. Thanks so much for downloading the show and to everyone who submitted five-star reviews and ratings in iTunes. That helps the podcast get visibility and new listeners, so I really appreciate you taking a moment to do that if you haven't already. This is episode number 497 called Five Tips to Afford a Pet, What Owning a Dog or Cat Really Costs. Years after my husband began pleading for our first dog, I reluctantly gave in, still thinking it was a terrible decision that would ruin our house and cramp our lifestyle. But it only took a few minutes on the drive home with our soft, sleepy, 10-week-old yellow lab puppy on my lap to fall completely in love with her. Dixie was our furry child for almost 17 years until she got old and just wore out. We saw her slow decline over the last few years and an accelerated exhaustion over the last couple of months. We waited patiently for her to give us a sign that she was ready for a final rest. And on April 20, we had to say a very difficult and very teary goodbye. But there were far more joyous moments with her than sad. My only previous pet before Dixie was a cat that I begged my parents for when I was in middle school. They didn't want an indoor animal, so our compromise was that the cat would live outside in our spacious yard and in the adjacent empty and overgrown lot next door. I named her Sally. We always called her Sally Cat the Alley Cat. She was wild and independent, coming close only for food, occasional affection, and glimpses of our small family from her perch on the brick windowsill outside the kitchen. It doesn't matter what type of animal you have. Owning a pet can be an incredibly rewarding experience. But it can also be expensive, and most people drastically underestimate the cost of a dog or cat. So we'll talk about what it really costs and cover some tips to make an existing or a potential new furry friend more affordable. One report from the People's Dispensary for Sick Animals, they are the leading veterinary charity in the United Kingdom, they found that 12% believed their pet would only cost up to $650, and that's in U.S. dollars, 
over its lifetime. A majority thought that the total would never top $6,500. Well, if you have a pet, you know the real cost is much higher. According to the PDSA, the average cost for a dog is between $27,000 and $43,000 over its lifetime, and a cat from $22,000 to $32,000. That includes everything from the initial purchase price and spaying or neutering, plus ongoing costs of vaccinations, grooming, toys, litter, and food. Expect to pay more if you travel and need a frequent pet sitter or boarding services. I ran a report for all of Dixie's expenses, including vet visits, boarding, food and supplies for the past five years, and the total is about $17,000 or $3,400 per year. She was incredibly healthy, so most of those vet visits were routine vaccinations, checkups, and an occasional sickness or skin irritation. We fed her premium food, treats, and supplements, which make up about $4,000 of that five-year total. I don't have handy records to go back for Dixie's entire life, but if you multiply $3,400 a year by 17 years, it comes to about $58,000. That's nine times more than what survey respondents estimated on the high side. Yes, she lived a really long time, and we probably spoiled her more than most. Now, I don't want the economics of owning a pet to prevent you from experiencing the immense joy and benefits that pets can bring, or from rescuing an animal in danger. However, I do want to make you think twice about getting a pet impulsively. If you don't do some research about the type of pet that's best for your lifestyle, the work they require, their longevity, and the potential cost to ensure their health and happiness, you won't be a responsible pet owner. For instance, you may love a certain breed, but it could be prone to more health problems in the long run. Getting a pet is a commitment that should not be taken lightly. So if you're living paycheck to paycheck, or you don't have any emergency savings to cushion the blow of an unexpected vet bill, you're not in a good position to buy or to adopt a new pet. It's inherently difficult to estimate the lifetime cost of a pet because it depends on so many factors, like the breed, the preventative care you give them, and where you live. So I'll cover five key tips to make your pet more affordable, no matter your situation. Hey there, I want to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts, Freakonomics Radio. Every week, host and best-selling author Stephen Dubner dives into the hidden side of business, economics, and so much more. He interviews CEOs, historians, and Nobel laureates to explore all kinds of topics, like why the best employees can make the worst bosses, and how whales went from being economic engines to environmental icons. If you're a curious person looking to better understand the world around you, you'll find everything you're looking for on Freakonomics Radio. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get into the tips to save money on your pet. The first is to research and save for initial expenses. I think a lot of people really underestimate that first year of ownership. There's so many things you have to buy the first year. So let's talk about all the upfront expenses that you've got to pay right away or even within that first year of owning a dog or cat. 
So these include the purchase price of the animal, your initial vet exam and vaccinations, spaying or neutering, food and treats, heartworm medication, flea and tick treatment, a collar, leash, a crate, bedding, toys, maybe some training, a litter box for cats, scratching post, and a non-refundable pet deposit if you rent. And there may be even more. The cost of vet care is typically more expensive in large cities than in small ones because urban spaces and wages are higher. Vet bills and expenses for larger animals are also bigger because those bigger animals need higher doses of medicines, more food, more grooming, and larger accessories. Certain breeds tend to need more care because they're just genetically predisposed to certain ailments and diseases. Dixie was a yellow lab, and they're known for having hip problems. She never had any of that, but I know many lab owners who have to deal with that. And some animals may also benefit from training more than others because they're active or they have anxious personalities. Training Dixie was one of the best investments my husband and I ever made in our and her happiness. It's a great way to bond with your new friend, help them feel at ease in a new environment, and prevent potentially destructive and expensive behaviors for years to come. All right, the second tip is to budget for ongoing expenses. So while the first year of pet ownership may be the most expensive, there are a lot of ongoing expenses that you'll need to make, like food and treats, an annual exam and vaccinations, dental care, heartworm medication, flea and tick treatment, litter, boarding, pet sitting, grooming, and monthly pet rent in many apartments. All right, my third tip is don't skimp on preventative care. You simply can't skimp on annual checkups because it's kinder to the animal and definitely cheaper to prevent illness by catching it early than to treat a bigger problem later on. There are so many health issues an animal could be suffering from that only a vet could detect. Also, keeping fleas and ticks under control is important for you and your pet's health. Having a flea infestation can be expensive to get rid of. Preventative treatments and routine care certainly cost money, but being proactive can ultimately cut your lifetime costs, helping your pet live longer and be happier. Some types of care, such as bathing, brushing, grooming, and nail trimming, you may be able to do yourself. We did a lot of that for Dixie. But don't try to be your own veterinarian. At the first sign that your pet isn't eating normally or feeling well, don't procrastinate. Get them to a vet. I've learned that the hard way. My fourth tip is get pet insurance quotes. Think about how you'd feel if your pet became sick or injured and you really couldn't afford the vet bills. Every pet is likely to have at least one major illness or really big vet bill in its lifetime. When you think that you might lose a pet who's truly a member of your family, most people will pay anything to prevent their suffering and keep them alive. So don't put yourself in the position to have to choose between your finances and your pet's life. It's not fair for either of you. Most pet owners don't have pet insurance but I can promise you that it's an easy way to manage an unexpected vet bill. So you might want to talk to your vet about the type of pet insurance that they recommend or shop for free quotes online. The cost is going to vary depending on the insurance company, the type and amount of coverage you choose, 
your pet's age, and where you live. Premiums could be about $25 a month, and that's a fixed expense that you can plan for in your budget. I'll put a link to some companies that you might want to shop pet insurance plans for in the notes for this show, but some include Embrace, Trupanion, and Healthy Paws. The bottom line is that the cost of owning a pet is completely unpredictable. You got to do your best to estimate costs, you need an emergency fund, and you probably need pet insurance so you're never forced to deny your pet any care or to have to go into debt for their care. All right, my last and final tip is raise your personal liability limits. Even if you get pet insurance, there are still expenses that may not be covered by a pet insurance policy, like soiled carpet and rugs, damaged furniture, or scratched up baseboards and doors. I've had all of these expenses. But the biggest potential risk of owning a pet is something most people never think about. It's getting sued. If your pet hurts someone or another person's pet or their property, you might get involved in an expensive lawsuit or slapped with bills. If you own your home, you probably have homeowner's insurance, which includes some amount of liability coverage. The good news is that that liability coverage does pay for medical bills or lawsuits that result from unintentional actions by any member of your family, including your pets. That means if your dog bites the mailman or attacks another dog at the dog park, you can fall back on that liability coverage up to your policy limits. It protects you anywhere in the world. So review your policy and be familiar with your liability limit. I also did a previous show you might want to check out called 10 Facts You Should Know About Homeowners Insurance. That was episode number 473. And another one called 10 Financial Products to Make Money and Create Security is show number 446, where I cover insurance in that show. Now, you also get worldwide liability coverage on a standard renter's insurance policy, which is incredibly affordable at less than $200 a year on average. So if you're a renter, don't go without renter's insurance, especially if you have pets. Now, if you need more liability than what's in your renter's insurance or your homeowner's insurance, consider getting an umbrella liability policy. These policies pick up the difference if you need more than what's already in your home or renter's policy. A million-dollar umbrella policy may only cost $200 to $300 a year. That's an insurance bargain. Our sweet, beloved Dixie was worth every penny to me and my husband, but we were fortunate to be able to afford her care, and we're also really grateful that she never had a serious illness or accident that would have been very expensive to treat. So be sure to consider all angles of pet ownership, especially your finances, before bringing home a new friend. Do you have questions about pet insurance or home or renter's insurance? Let's chat about it in my private Facebook group called Dominate Your Dollars. It's a thriving community of thousands of people who are taking their financial game to the next level. It's a great place to chat about simple questions or talk about a big financial dilemma you may be facing. To request your invitation, visit Dominate Your Dollars on Facebook or send me a text message for immediate access. Just text DOLLARS to the number 33444. I hope to see you in the group. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week, courtesy of Money Girl, your guide to a richer life. Mm-hmm.